All right. Well, we should do a show. We're uh, uh, legally obligated to do it. I have a, um, I have my old iMac that's broken, and I was trying to figure something to I'll do take with it. it. That's fine. I'll I, take God it. damn it! I'll send it to you, Moltz. <laughs> I will just to get it out of the house. <laughs> I, my my fallback, total fallback is it looks like Apple will take me. it off my hands for 170 bucks, like in <laughs> Apple gift card oh, money. Yeah, okay. Well, Which I'll pro- spend. That's probably eventually. better. I'm not going to give you anything. <laughs> it's in fact going to cost me probably. Yeah. Um. But in the meantime, uh, a friend suggested as a joke I should give it to one of my other friends, um, who uses a Chromebook, and he's like, "Well, he won't use Mac because he hates Apple stuff." And I, yeah, again, the reason I have this is because I'm not sure how reliable it is because the disk may have failed. And they're like, "Well, what we should do is is basically turn it into a Chromebook." <laughs> I was like, "Ah, that could be fun for shits and giggles. Let's see if I can do it." And boy, uh, that's been pretty hard so far. I have not gotten that to work. Oh, seriously? Uh, my, yeah, I, I, there's a bunch of I've run into a bunch of problems with the instructions that are online for doing hmm. this because. Uh, first, like the some of them, I think are outdated. I had troubles like with Chrome on my computer getting it to do the like easy way to make a boot drive. So I had to go back to the terminal, and then I ran into some issues there. And finally, I made the USB thing, and I popped it in the iMac, and it will not. The iMac, the only thing it will boot into is the internet recovery. Can't even get into recovery anymore. Can't get into the boot manager mm. with option. Have to get to the like basically boot it remotely. That sounds like a problem with the iMac, actually. Oh, the iMac is broken. If you yeah, <laughs> this yeah, was a yeah. so, this was a reason. So a little um, bit, little bit less the Chrome part. Although then. currently now I can't get the key, like I put the USB drive back in my Mac Mini and it won't mount on the Mac Mini either. So I have no idea what's mm-hmm. going on with that. Um, but my favorite part of this, all of this, was for a while I was like trying to boot it up and I'm like using all the keyboard combos with this spare keyboard I have around and I'm like, man, nothing is working. I can't even get to internet recovery. And it took me maybe. 20 minutes to realize that that keyboard was off <laughs> it had an on off switch on it because it's a wireless keyboard that can be used yeah. with a cable uh i was like well i feel dumb and so i finally got it to boot into internet recovery and even there it's still not uh doing great so yeah this may be destined to just go back to apple for the recycling money <laughs> yeah which is uh, too bad because it's a nice, like it's a 27 inch iMac and the display works fine. In what <laughs> and what year course, again? 2017. Yeah, uh, it's not that it's not that old at all, but really. It's, it's so annoying that it's like, and I go, you know, I'm with everybody who's like, uh, why is there not the ability to just turn this into a monitor? And you can if you're yeah. willing to like take the fucking thing apart, right, which I'm not to, right, doing exactly. No, but like. Why couldn't I just turn this into an external display? It's perfectly fine. There was a time uh, when you could do that with iMac, right? Yeah, target display mode. But it, it was a very short period of time, I think, in really. Like, there were only a few models that supported it. And I Can't guess... Island. I don't know if it was technologically <laughs> a problem or that Giselle. Apple just decided, nah, it's not worth it. Yeah. I agree with you. Um, it's dumb. Um, I did it the is. I did the Chromebook thing with temporary, you know, very briefly with uh, a 2014 MacBook Air, and it worked pretty well. But then I was left with you know the fact that it was a Chromebook, and I yeah, thought sure. I thought I would rather use an old Mac than use a Chromebook. It's so. it's I don't know it, about I, your yeah. school yeah. districts, especially for for Dan's kid, but you know here uh, each student gets assigned a Chromebook, and 
Uh, so my kids spend a decent amount of time on Chromebooks, and it's, man, uh, I don't know if it turns them off to computers more or if it makes them better appreciate good computers. <laughs> I The thing that bothers me, and this is not just a Chromebook problem because I see it on a lot of affordable Windows laptops too, it's amazing how much better Apple's trackpad is than everybody else's trackpad. Like touching oh other yeah. people's trackpads, which is very inappropriate. Get permission first. But touching other people's trackpads, it, like, can genuinely give me like the gross, unpleasant goosebumps. Like it's it's very chalkboard adjacent for me. I um, <laughs> I it was funny you mentioned the Chromebook thing because it actually just came up in a news story that's going around. Maybe you've seen about. Chromebooks basically not lasting very long. I haven't seen the story. <laughs> Surprise. Uh, well, like, so that, but the thing is, they're dying, like, you know, there's an end of life on them, basically, because Google only certifies them for a certain amount of time. And then because they're certified when the model comes out, not when the school buys mm. it. Oh, yeah. Like, you, you know, and purchasing for schools takes fucking forever, as with any public institution. So they only end up getting like, you know, out of a nominal eight year lifespan, like half of that. And also they just break because they're cheap, right? And they don't, you can't get replacement parts. So these things are just ending up like, you know, burning through money. And it does let me, you know, make me sit there thinking like, I don't know that an iPad would have held up that much better, but part of me feels like it probably would have held up better. And it's more expensive, you know, from the jump potentially, but if it lasts longer, well, that's always, like, you know, that's nobody the wants thing. to spend the money. Who was telling right? the story on, on Mastodon? Was it Nevin? I can't, no, I can't remember. But someone was talking about when, I guess they were, I can't remember, like, if they were in school or what they were doing, but they were, like, talking to somebody who was, like, uh, an IT professional at a school, and they go into this room, and there are, like, all these computers wrapped up, and, he, and he's like, what are these? These are computers that we... That we purchased and they were like you know they've been sitting here for six months <laughs> like why are they sitting here for six months instead of being you know put out to use it was um, it was like yeah. well because you can get you can get a lot of you can get the money to purchase that's easy because somebody's cousin will <laughs> you know make a make a profit off of it but you can't get the money to actually roll them out there mm. i do also at least by reputation it feels to me easier to manage a fleet of Chromebooks than to manage a fleet of iPads. I don't think Apple has done the best job yes, with exactly. like school stuff. Yeah, like and, and which is a shame because Apple historically was like really strong in education. Yeah, and that seems to have gone away. And it, you know, honestly, mm. iPads feel like they would be great for learning stuff. I think the biggest impediment probably is like you know people feel like oh you got to have a keyboard and stuff like that, and it's like I can see that, but yeah, I don't know. It, it does get more expensive the more stuff you add onto it. But honestly, like, I don't know. A three hundred dollar iPad does not seem ridiculous to me, and the software is probably a lot better. Yeah, yeah. We, yeah the we iPad, iPad. That's you the know point. the the mm-hmm. whatever the whatever you want to call the iPad, iPad. I want to call, call it the iPad, iPad plus iPad. a keyboard plus a keyboard. I mean, even I mean, if you got a reasonably, you know, obviously not the Apple one because it's not going to be reasonably priced. Although I suppose their educational discounts are not so bad, um, but you, it does seem like for an educational price, you could get it below certainly below four hundred bucks with a keyboard. Yeah, and I, but I don't. What's a what does a Chromebook cost that they buy? I think they're buying them for like two hundred dollars, right? Like, yeah, that's the issue. It's <laughs> like, like two fifty. Apple would have to play aggressively to get into that yeah. market. I think it's also it worth noting that as as 
unimpressive as I find Chromebooks, it is impressive for two hundred dollars, right? Like, uh, yeah, they're, they're mean, not useless machines. I I think that's true, but I think the downside is if they do break very quickly and. I don't what happened. They just get thrown out, right? Like that stuff just goes into a landfill. No, yeah, you can right. convert them to IMAX is what I heard. Ooh. <laughs> can I then convert them into a display? How many steps do I have to take here? Mm. 12. It's a 12 step program. And then can I put a USB-C? That's, <laughs> that's too many steps. Sierra had a, a, school, a lightning port, a school issue Chromebook that um, she's not sure how, but it had a, a hardware issue where like she didn't, drop it but maybe somebody stepped on it at school or something but like it would no longer close properly and so you give it back to the school and the school can fix it or the it department can and they give you a loaner but the loaners are apparently terrible so she had this truly atrocious chromebook that made the first one look amazing it's so bad that like in one of her classrooms which was not you know any more remote in the school or anything else it just could never get a wi-fi signal so she would have to borrow one from the teacher each time <laughs> instead just in that class uh, and again that is something that that chromebooks are very well suited towards we are um, connected to the Google suite of services. So like all you do is log into your Google account and then here's everything. And obviously you can use an iPad to log into a Google account or anything, but uh, given how much Google dominates classroom-based software, it is unsurprising that they are also dominating hardware. It's a world that Apple could understand. <laughs> they, they own so much right. of the Google Classroom software stack that their hardware uh, integrates with it very nicely. And I know Apple has done stuff in that department. Like they've made their own version of that, but I guess it just... I don't know if it's not compelling from as a pure product or if it's more of a, like, you know, people are just bought in. Just think about so how do people the ecosystem. use Apple's equivalent of Google Docs and Google Sheets, and I think that's your yeah, answer. Fair, fair point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean... You suck, Apple. That's the point. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this show took a turn. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> Apple doesn't suck. Welcome back to a Chromebook show. <laughs> it's taken, taken 10 years, but we finally got there. Anyway, this episode uh, of The Rebound is brought to you by Google. <laughs> Just kidding. It's not. <laughs> it, it was a surprise uh, topic. I was not uh, expecting to be talking about Chrome or Google. That's all we talk about now. I guess so. It's a, Chrome, it's a Chromebook show now. Chromebook world. Well, guys, the good news is... We're just living in it. This episode is brought to you by our good friends at Memberful. Memberful is the easiest way to start selling memberships to your audience, letting you build sustainable recurring revenue. And it's used by the biggest independent creators on the web and us. <laughs> if you're looking to add membership to your existing business or podcast, you want a solution that works with your existing technology so you can launch a new revenue stream without rebuilding your entire tech stack. Memberful has everything you need to run a membership program, including a streamlined and powerful checkout, an easy-to-use member portal, transactional emails, and a member management dashboard. So. I'm in podcasting, uh, as are these two guys, and we literally use Memberful to power Rebound Prime. Check out prime.reboundcast.com for an ad within an ad. And the reality is, you know, uh, our friends at Relay sell the ads on this show. They do a great job. Thanks, Memberful. Uh, But Memberful also generates a a pretty significant portion of overall Rebound revenue. Uh, And it was pretty simple for for Dan and me to set up. And uh, it's survived multiple server moves and re-architectures because they got everything out of the box. Like we have a Discord because it's built right there into Memberful. So uh, if you have anything that you want to monetize with uh, that kind of subscription approach, Memberful is your, uh, your jam. Memberful seamlessly integrates with the tools you already use, including MailChimp, WordPress, Stripe, Discord, and more. With Memberful, you're always in the driver's seat. After all, it's your audience and your brand. For example, payments go directly into your own Stripe account. So get started for free right now. No credit card is required. Go to memberful.com rebound. Go there now. 
Check it out. Memberful.com slash rebound. This could be the start of something exciting. Our thanks to Memberful for their support of this show, including Rebound Prime. Yeah. And just being overall great. Yeah. Uh, late breaking news as we record. Nope. Are you okay? I am. You broke his arm. I'm broken. I'm breaking. I'm broken. I'm broken. I'm broken. Um, No, Mark Gurman has a report in Bloomberg that Apple is working on an an artificial intelligence powered health coaching service and new technology for tracking emotions. New technology, (laughs) am I right? Your phone phone will know if you're sad or. Uh, No, apparently, this is a coaching service designed to keep users motivated to exercise, improve eating habits, and help them sleep better. Screw you. You're not my mom. (laughs) No, it's literally Uh, called your mom. You're not my life coach. Uh, codenamed Quartz, uh, because they're not using that name for anything else these days. Uh, that's joke for a long time. Apple users, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. yeah. So something that may show up in iOS seventeen or eighteen, it looks like. So uh, part of the more health and wellness wishes stuff. But there you go. Uh, there may be an iPad version of the Health app as well in iPad OS seventeen. Ooh la la. Uh, <laughs> yeah. There you go. That's all I got for hey. you. <laughs> I mean, it finally I, got a weather app, right? Like, right. Yeah, I, really. just, I, just, I don't give them a lot of points for launching <laughs> iPad equivalents of iPhone apps. <laughs> that seems like I, I a miss to not have done by a in the first place. I think you're going to be disappointed by a lot of announcements this year. Yeah. It's fine. Whatever. Uh, no, I'm. Listen. Uh, Oh, well, well, actually, we could just go to questions because one of my things that I'm excited about was was referenced in a question. So we'll get there. We'll go through the questions in order. I already mentioned Rebound Prime. We'll go to prime.reboundcast.com, get all the sweet, sweet perks, including asking us questions like this one from ifix.cz. Do you ever need to use Outlook? I do now for my consulting job just because of shared mailboxes. Why can't Apple figure it out? Calendar is quite okay. It can do delegates in different ways, but both on Mac and iOS. Uh... But mail can't do it. On top of it, that Office 365 administrator is very unhelpful with trying things people suggest in forums. Should I quit? <laughs> so I think the questions are, do you ever need to use Outlook? Why can't Apple figure it out? And should I quit? <laughs> I never need to use Outlook. I've not used Outlook in many, many years. Maybe 20 years. Um, I Yeah, I don't know anything about it anymore. I most yeah, recently I haven't used it in 15, probably hmm. not quite that 14. I most recently had to use Outlook at Amazon and truly hated it so much that I legitimately refused. And I used Spark Mail on the Mac, which worked okay for connecting the Outlook. It wasn't, I had to be on Amazon's VPN, which you wouldn't have to do if you were just using Outlook, but I refused to use Outlook. Um, and Spark at least uh, made me not hate being in my inbox. Uh, but I hated Outlook. The last time I had used Outlook was at uh, a thousand years ago, and it was long before security was as important as it is now, or at least before it was known to be as important. And I got permission to set up a filter that would forward all of my Outlook mail to a Gmail account that I set up just for that work <laughs> account, and then I would use <laughs> Gmail instead. It was great. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I used to use it. I used to use it where I worked, but you know, it's been quite some time. And it was part of the question why why it doesn't integrate better when you set it up in mail. I think it's why uh, can't Apple figure out shared mailboxes? What is it? I don't. Sorry, I'm old. What is a shared mailbox? It's where multiple people can be checking ah, the same inbox, I guess. Yeah. Which I sub- you can through yeah. in, in 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 the then the question. But again, the question is why, uh, isn't mail why doesn't that work in mail? Yeah. 
That's a great question. I don't know. I don't and and Spark <laughs> actually even supports that, so I, I don't know. Is, um, there, is there, I'm just thinking, is there a reason that like, you? Can, I mean, IMAP should just let you, if you can look at your own stuff in several different devices, couldn't you just share your credentials? Is that, or is I, that I think it's like, more that like, not it's a good a sh- system. Right. It's a shared mailbox where yeah. you can reply from your own self, but all see the same inbox. Or, yeah, that kind of stuff. Gotcha. So wouldn't, okay. Yeah. I don't know. And should you quit? I mean, I think that was mostly a joking <laughs> question. But I would say, uh, listen, if you are f- fortunate enough to be in a position where you can quit, I don't think that hating the technology requirements of a job is a bad reason to quit. So <laughs> that's that's mm, my take. That's an interesting line to draw. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, hmm. I don't know. I think if you loved everything else, I wouldn't. I wouldn't let the technology stop. Uh, you know, like, be sure. the deciding yeah. factor. But I, yeah, but certainly you, that's you just can an add that. Is, that is definitely fuel for the fire. Of I, I guess what I would say is Dan has mentioned uh, quite a bit how he's an iCloud mail guy. I've been for a really long time a Gmail guy, and it wasn't until I got to Amazon that I realized what percentage of my corporate or professional success I would attribute to Gmail. <laughs> Like having infinite access to all my messages that I could search for instantly was really a gift that I didn't realize until it was ripped away from me where I could not do that. Like Outlook search <laughs> is terrible. Um, and, you know, many big companies, including Amazon, delete your mail automatically after a very short period of time <laughs> so that they I, can't provide it and discover it. Is that right? Oh, oh yeah. wow. Well, we never did that. This, this, isn't more, this is probably in the past 15 and years I kept became the norm. <laughs> where I, I have any, Every big company I worked at had an email retention policy, which was you can't retain a lot of it. They do the same thing with Slack. The idea is if you get subpoenaed, you can't go back too, too far and be exposed right. because they don't keep it, which is insane. I, uh, actually, this is funny, Lex. You may recall um, many years ago, you, I think, like, worked a little bit with me on a story about the silent email filtering that uh, mm, I yes. did. Yes. Um, and I, you know, it's funny. I ran into something recently where I was, I did not get an email and I could not find any, yeah, any record of it. And then somebody emailed me totally separately the other day via like the contact form on my site saying, I just ran across this article while searching for an issue <laughs> that I am currently having, and I can't believe this is still a problem. And I, you know, it's funny because it was like a week before I had been like, man, this is so annoying. And I should write about like how this still happens. And it still freaking happens. It was a friend yeah. of mine writing a response in like a thread. And for some reason, like he was writing from a Gmail account and Google had been flagged somewhere as like a somewhere along the line by one of the you know, spam filtering services or something. And I guess iCloud will look at the headers and respect those, but it was like weird that Google was on there. But I guess the, his point was like, well, it's such a huge thing. Sometimes it gets flagged by accident because lots of people do use it for sending spam. Um, but really it should not. Yeah. I, I don't understand why this is still a thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's very confusing. I mean, it, it, because it's very confusing because it's not explained anywhere at all. Right. And it's quite like, I, and this is the best. I've pulled up this, this, this story we wrote, which is from 2013. Uh, and we actually got a comment from Apple. Uh, and they said, if a customer feels a legitimate message is blocked, we encourage customers to report it to Apple Care. This is 10 years old. And we're like, well, but how do you know if you never got the email? Yeah. <laughs> like, how would you know it got blocked? Yeah. That's a terrible right. answer. That's a problem. Yeah. Uh, well, there you go. I fix. Enjoy quitting. Uh, listener here <laughs> asks, why does Lex hate Frida 
Lex can't type it out. Frida is apparently some kind of brand of lotions or something. And Mahir is making a joke because I acknowledged on the show last week that I recently set up a keyboard shortcut that expands on all my devices. When I type Frid with two T's, uh, it sends my link to my song about the fact that I'm not Lex Fridman. Uh, uh, let's see. Mr. E-Man asks, does Moltz know he only has until the end of September this year to return his Netflix DVDs? <laughs> <laughs> Hilarious. I made the same joke two months ago. I do not I do not use that that service anymore. I have not used that service in boy. I don't know how long actually. Um I think I I think I got off of it before it became Quickster. <laughs> it never did become if I remember Quickster. Correctly. It was going to or before yeah, yeah, but I think yeah, well maybe it was during I don't know. I don't know. It's been it's been a while since I've been on that and um I don't don't Do you have any DVDs so. you didn't return? I do not. Okay. Uh, Chris wants to know, you are gifted a sports franchise in your hometown. What do you call it? <laughs> uh, uh, I keep the name, which is the Tacoma Rainiers. Uh, it's the Somerville nerds. They already have, cause they already have the hat. <laughs> if well, I was, yeah, if you, wait, I'm sorry. Moltz, you got gifted a sports franchise and you're like, but I can't afford afford to buy a new hat. <laughs> That's your that's your rationale. that's right. Okay, you spent all your money on the franchise. Is what you're saying? That's well. Well, I'm gonna have to because <laughs> it was gifted to you. You can afford to I go know, out and spend still, twenty bucks on a new hat. You ever, maybe like someone gives you a house, you still have to pay the taxes on it. <laughs> so if I if I wanted to do like a a season one Ted Lasso thing, uh, I could call it like the fighting Fridmans, and then encourage that team to lose so that everybody got to beat up on Fridman. I would enjoy that. Mm. Yeah, uh, solid. That's my answer. Uh, so, okay. Sarva asks, how often do your kids say things that you don't understand? Mostly to Lex and Moltz. I'm assuming Dan can't understand anything he's saying. 100% of the time. 100%. But if he does, I'm not sure I should be more concerned or intrigued. I don't know if this is asking, like, are my kids mumblers or do they talk about stuff? I think, it, yeah, right. I think, I think I it's slang. references. I think it's right? the slang. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, yeah. Kids right. today with their slanging right. and their TikToks. With the things they say and the long pants and... <laughs> In my day, we all wore <laughs> knee-length breeches. Almost never. Um, like, uh, the, the most slang I can think of hearing is, like, if, if they're talking about, like, shipping a relationship on a TV show or a book, or if they stand something. <laughs> but, um, I mean, yeah. you know what it means. Exactly. There's a lot of, there's a lot of meme stuff that they, they, he talks about um, with his friends that I don't get the references to um i can't i can't think of any of them right now but they'll they'll talk about like some youtube thing um you know something that they saw on youtube and definitely not not something that i saw (laughs) yeah the algorithm doesn't show it to you because you're old well and i also i'm rarely on youtube unless unless there is a breaking marvel uh trailer it's much more frequent that they'll talk about stuff that i choose not to understand (laughs) Like if they're going deep on yeah, Undertale that's kinda, and I or think Delta that's Rune, my point, right? Yeah, I, like these yeah. are video games that I know very little about, and I'm fine with that. <clears throat> making making some stuff up there, I see. Um, Undertale is a, a game that uh, Andy discovered, and that Andy and Liam both love. And the developer made, I guess, so much money with that first game that he made a second game, which he made available for free, which was called Delta Rune, which is an anagram of Undertale. And I have now told you basically everything I am willing to understand about these games. Um, Jojo okay. asks, 
What are the odds the operating system the VR headset runs is actually called iOS? Now, this is a podcast, so to appreciate JoJo's wordplay here, it's E-Y-E-O-S. Uh, zero. Yeah. Uh, negative 15. <laughs> I don't think that's... Valid. I give it a one in a million chance, JoJo, so that's the best odds you've gotten. Speaking of which, uh, can I spin that off for a second and ask... Please do. The two things that have been both bandied around, Mark Gurman seemed pretty sure that it's going to be called literally lowercase xr capital os which i think is bananas yeah. um and the, but like <laughs> why 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 do you think that's bananas i think it's extra ridiculous i don't know <laughs> but some of the other names but they i mean the other suggestion was reality os which has been flowing out there which i think like yeah that makes way more like you can pronounce it for one thing which gives it a big leg up in my book it's a lot longer than the other sure but i mean I don't know. It, it, X R O S? 10 R O S? X Ross? X Ross. I don't know. Yeah. X-R-O-S. I don't think it matters. <laughs> I think it does matter <laughs> I just, because I, it, I think it matters in the sense that you're going to have to say it a fuck ton. Well, some people, developers are, but. Also us! <laughs> I don't. Well, I mean, how many people really say iOS? We say it I mean, all many, the we time. Do, we huh? do. We do, but like. My, I don't care about people. I'm talking about us. Yeah, it remains, okay, yeah well, that's my point. It remains <laughs> really point. stupid to me. I mean, we're going we're gonna to have to do it no matter what Apple calls it. <laughs> it's stupid to me that iPadOS is iPadOS and not just also iOS. I understand why they call something different. I, there's no way that... I, I, there is no way that Gerber's right that it's called XROS. And if it is, that is further evidence that Apple has no belief that this product is going to be successful. <laughs> then they can just blame it on that. <laughs> I, uh, nobody I, can understand XROS. <laughs> I tend to agree that with Lex that I don't think Apple will have named it. I, don't, I think it sounds dumb. And I think the other one is more likely, even though it's longer, but um, it's intelligible. I don't, think it's, I don't think it's completely out of the realm of a possibility. Yeah. Well, I, I, even VR EYEOS is. In augmented reality, nothing is Maybe unless it's spelled Unless it's spelled out EYEOS. No, E-E. I, I like the idea of like an AROS or a VROS because then it's like it's AROS or VROS like that that works for me. <laughs> it's um, AROD. It's AROD. Mm-hmm. And then finally, no. listen. No, we got rid of him. Josh asks, "What is the one thing you want Apple to steal from Android?" For me, it is the actionable widgets on the home screen. This is when I was thinking about what I would be excited to see Apple announce. Um, and I don't. This is not quite an Android feature. It's a Google Pixel feature. But the photos app, the camera taking app on the Pixel is better than the camera photo taking app on iOS Um, because it's got some of the cool AI magic stuff built in where you can delete stuff from the background that you don't want just by tapping and in the photo app. Mm. That's awesome. Um, My buddy Frank uses Google Pixel phones. He gets the new one every year. And that's the feature. The first feature that he showed me, I was like, yeah, that's better. That's cool. (laughs) And... uh, uh, so I, I would like to, uh, obviously they always crow about various camera improvements and this is one where I think I think they're behind and I, I would be shocked if they don't catch up this time around I, I would not be shocked if they don't catch up but that's just me I mean I I, I, I wouldn't see, be shocked either I, I okay. see they don't feel like they have to yeah I think that's what it comes down to I, I don't disagree that it would be better to have these features right. but I don't think that they will feel necessary to add them this year I yeah. honestly don't use Android very much. I don't like I have some friends who have Android phones, but I can't remember the last time one of them was like, "Hey, check out this feature on the Android phone." Um so I don't I have no idea what's even out there, really. I always just slap the phone out of the person's hand, so I, that's probably what I know. <laughs> How dare you? How dare you show that to me? Get that out of my face. 
Yeah, I, 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 so yeah, so those are the only two features that I know of right now. Um, so I'm going to go with actionable widgets. Nice. It's, yeah, I'll just ask Cosign what Lex said. <laughs> yeah. um, all right. Now we're all even out. Job yeah. done. And then uh, that's, that's the end of the questions. But uh, we do have a brand new advertiser on the show. Uh, this episode of The Rebound is also brought to you by Factor. This spring... You need nutritious, convenient meals to energize you for warmer, active days and keep you on track reaching your goals. Factor is America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit and can help you fuel up fast with ready-to-eat meals delivered straight to your door. You'll save time, eat well, and tackle everything on your to-do list. So skip the trip to the grocery store and skip the chopping, prepping, and cleaning up too. Factor's fresh, never-frozen meals are ready in just two minutes, which is way faster than any takeout option. So all you have to do is heat and enjoy, then get back outside and soak up the warmer weather. There are delicious, flavor-packed options on the menu each week to fit a variety of lifestyles like keto, calorie smart, which are around or less than 550 calories per serving, vegan, veggie, and protein plus. Prepared by chefs and approved by dietitians, each meal has all of the ingredients you need to feel satisfied all day long while meeting your goals. With 34-plus chef-prepared, dietitian-approved weekly options, there's always something new to try. Plus, you can round out your meal and replenish your, sl- your snack supply with an assortment of 45-plus add-ons, including breakfast items like egg bites, smoothies, and more. Hey, has anybody here ever received <laughs> fracture meals in the mail? <laughs> Oh, uh, clever, <laughs> clever listeners to this podcast may have been noticed that I've been drinking something while we've been recording, and I am currently enjoying right now one of their mango smoothies, and I'm really liking it. And it helps that it's mango because I absolutely love mango, but it's also really good. And the meals, I the meals arrived like right before we started recording, so I have not tried the meals yet, but uh, they certainly looked very good. Well, so uh, I'm looking forward to doing that right after we're done. I uh, I have a smoothie every day. Uh, this was my first ever pre-packaged smoothie, and I had the strawberry banana one, which I thought was great. And for lunch today, because they arrived just before I was going to order lunch, I had the tomato and roasted vegetable risotto with toasted pine oh. nuts. And it Ooh, was sounds pretty good. It was great. I don't think I got that one. It was I, great. I ordered vegetarian. I, I <laughs> am not a uh, I'm not a smoothie person in general, but I too have a strawberry banana smoothie in front of me, <laughs> which I've drank a bit during this podcast, and it was pretty good. I I have to say I I really enjoyed. It. I don't. It's someone who doesn't drink a lot of smoothies. I now am I a smoothie person now? Am I going to be a smoothie person? You're Lex? smoothie guy. You're smoothie guy. <laughs> they used to call me Smoothie Dan for a reason, and it wasn't because I drank smoothies. But uh, <laughs> let's bring it back. <laughs> Plus, Factor focuses on sustainability. They off they offset 100 of their delivery emissions to your door. Plus, they source 100 renewable electricity for their production sites and offices, and they feature sustainably sourced seafood in their meals. Head to okay, this is a different URL than you're expecting, so get ready. Head to factormeals.com/rebound50 and use code rebound50 to get you guessed it 50% off your first box. That's code rebound50 at factormeals.com/rebound50 to get 50% off your first box. Our thanks to Factor for their support of this show and for feeding all three of us. This show literally <laughs> runs on Factor right today. <laughs> Someone please please feed the poor podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't eaten in weeks. You can feed the rebound for just dollars a day. <laughs> Uh, so uh, any of you Won't guys you help? Please. Any of you guys get a blue check back on Twitter, or are you done? <laughs> <laughs> I don't have or, enough. Or do you uh, have? Do you have too much of a pulse? I don't have enough followers. <laughs> I, I find uh, this. I actually, I haven't looked, but I really. I mean, I never had one, so I don't. Think so. I find this entire thing continuing. I mean, it is a. It is the car crash you can't stop watching. Oh God! Where it's just like, I don't even understand what's going on over there. 
now where he's like chasing people around to give them blue checks that they didn't want. And now yeah. all the people who were paid for the blue checks are pissed off because they paid for it. Uh, well, that was the thing. I mean, like he, he's making people pay for it. The, a lot of people don't want to pay for it. And for, you know, ages don't want to pay for it. B don't want to pay for it because it looks like they're supporting him. I also because really enjoyed- now it's becomes that it's become this badge of like magadum that you're yeah you're, I, yeah I really enjoy the people who are upset that the celebrities they're like oh the celebrities are being so stingy they're so rich and they're so stingy about paying for it because I feel like these people don't really understand <laughs> how much shit celebrities already get for free. Yeah, right. And they're like just right. discovering. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Are you telling me society is fundamentally unfair because famous people mm. get stuff that I don't get? Thank God the Supreme Court's not. <laughs> so uh, I, I just went to Twitter for the first time in a while, and I was looking at my my final tweets, and it really is amusing to me. Um, I, I had a quote tweet in November 2022 where somebody was asking about what's the funniest thing somebody's ever gotten mad at you for on here, and I said interviewing Kanye on my podcast. And then um, I talked about getting my account reinstated when they decided I wasn't impersonating the other guy, which I forgot happened. And then literally my pinned tweet says my final tweet is fuck Elon Musk and fuck real Donald Trump again, since that was the tweet that had gotten me in trouble in the first place. Good stuff. Nice. Uh, I mean, it was a strong exit, Lex. Thank you. Yeah. Can't disagree with that. Uh, I have, I have not really, I think I did tweet the other day when they started, took away the blue checks. And I think I tweeted something about like, I could be anybody now. Um, but I really haven't tweeted much since then. I don't, I check maybe now once every couple days just to make sure there's nothing in like notifications, but I'm not like, I'm not engaging. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm also not signing up for any of those. You're, other you're big on, you're big on blue sky right now. Right? <laughs> yep. <I'm>, yeah. <laughs> so big. I don't understand the well so i let me start that sense again i understand the enthusiasm for wanting to be where the people are right just like the little mermaid saying about where they're like oh blue sky people are talking about that so let's all check out that one because people want to be where the main conversation is happening right now for me in my world that feels like it is mastodon and it's not complete like there's people who i i follow a couple accounts where it's like reposted from twitter <laughs> Mm-hmm. And yeah, there's some stuff that I know I'm just missing. There's people there's who I just don't see. some communities that have not jumped over there. Yeah. Like, yeah. But like, if we all hop on each new exciting thing that gets announced, then there will never be a mass anywhere, which is what some people think is the ideal scenario. Uh, I don't think it's the ideal scenario. <laughs> um, and it's very, very odd to me that people are all in on Blue Sky when it's Jack Dorsey, who I don't think did any favors for Twitter. And today, no. it's all of its money comes from Twitter. <laughs> At some point, Elon is going to say, hey, yeah. I'm done paying for this. Uh, so I, I, I don't get you people who are jumping on the Blue Sky bandwagon. I don't, I don't get it either. And, 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 I, and it also doesn't seem like there's much going on over there anyway. The, the, there's the, most of the people who are on it are ex-Twitter people. And I also, seemingly mid-level executives at other companies like Google and, and whatnot. And the conversation that I've, the conversations that I've seen are not things that I'm particularly all that interested in. And there's also a little bit of crypto stuff going on over there, I think. Um, and it's just not, it's the people, the people that I want to hang out with are currently on Mastodon. Yeah, I, so. I signed up just to get my username, although as people point out, it's decentralized yeah. like Mastodon. So right. you can it doesn't theory, matter. get your username somewhere else. It was fine, but I also just, I wanted to see what was going on, if anything. And I think the thing that turned me off is like, I followed a handful of people, you know, that I could see through, you know, I followed John and our pal John Syracuse. I was like, ah, oh, who are they following? 
and it's manageable, right? Because only everybody's only following like a dozen people or something. Yeah. But like, there's still I don't know about you, John, but like I scrolled through the timeline and it was still a bunch of people I didn't follow, like whose posts were popping into my timeline there, and I was like, I don't. Yeah, there's a lot. I think there's I a thing where if somebody if somebody that you follow responds to somebody else, you see like their thread. I didn't even see a thread. Which, I swear, I just saw posts from like I guess I didn't know if it like pre-populated because yeah, like you weren't. Oh, you're not following enough people. We don't want to show Could you an be. empty timeline, so let's just show right. you some like shit algorithmically. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I, I have zero interest in this. Um, so I, you know, I logged in once. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, yesterday but, as we were recording, well before we recorded, but Moltz asked me, "Hey, I have an invite. Do you want it?" And I was like, mm, "No," <laughs> because I'm trying to <laughs> honestly, I'm trying to have some thin layer of standards. Right? Like, I don't know, and I, I don't follow anybody. You started now. Yeah, I know. <laughs> well, I really I started with Twitter, I guess, and there was a time I was reading my final tweets. I skipped that on December 23rd of last year i posted a tweet where i said i was breaking my twitter silence to announce lecture and consulting because i had just gotten permission from amazon to start talking about it i had zero customers and i was scared and i had like two or three assholes who responded being like i thought you quit now you came back because this is where the audience is like yeah one time i did but that was it haven't posted anything since that one um and i don't know i just i feel like if if and when it's completely severed from twitter then i'll be more intrigued and uh, but I, I, it'll still be a Jack Dorsey joint. <laughs> so yeah, I, I don't yeah, know. I d- that that does not fill me with confidence. I totally agree. No, despite, it doesn't. Despite Mastodon's shortcomings, and it definitely has and some. I think what? I agree that it does. Yeah. Is this this is news to you? I didn't know. Probably uh, people it's like I know Blue Sky. <laughs> I I know Blue Sky is still in beta. I guess, and you know, is it a private um, invite only phase? But it also like currently you can't block anybody. I mean, there's right. so many things that yeah. are missing. So yeah. many fundamental Some, things. Somebody, and it also it, just—it seems like their their idea of moderation is <laughs> much looser than what it was on Twitter. So it's like I did have to laugh at a. This is not going to be any better. There's no way this is going to be better. about Blue Sky saying like, "Well, I'm going to go over there because it seems like that's where everybody is." I'm like, "It's invite only. How could that possibly be?" Yeah, like, it's not. Like, yeah, and I read made, there was, no I read, there was like I read an article on The Verge from a few weeks ago, and it was like, and they said that there were twenty thousand people on it. I mean, and that was a you know that was a few weeks ago, but there can't be that many more. Also, I did I'm, see I'm somebody that many. I did see somebody suggest that they were only going to refer to it as Blueski, and I do recommend that. I think that's better. <laughs> Get your brewskis, hang out on Blueski. Yeah. Is it okay if I don't know how to ski? It's also funny to me to have a. To, for a Twitter-owned thing to say, hey, we're going to make a new version of this where the sky's the limit, so we're going to call it Blue Sky, and then it's basically exactly the same, but worse. <laughs> Great job, guys. Yeah, I, I right. don't fully understand a lot of what's happening <laughs> with this situation. <laughs> like, Because it's like Jack Dorsey left and was like, I'm going to go do this other thing, but you're still paying me, and I'm going to do the same thing, but I'm inventing a new protocol to make it decentralized, but it's also the same thing, but you're still paying me. And none of that really the kind of makes yeah. feel. I don't understand yeah. how that makes sense either, personally. Yeah. But yeah, but I guess that's why we're not, you know, titans of business. Except hey, for speak Lex. for yourself. <laughs> Don and I are titans of something else. Middle-aged titans. <laughs> we're teen titans. Nope, we're not teen titans. <laughs> yeah.